for other people. You know, the Apostle Paul's writing to his mentee, Timothy, and he's telling him, hey, you need to pray for other people. And here's what he says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. Paul says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people and ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give, or give thanks for them. Now, the verse after this, it's not going to be on the screen. Paul says, and also pray for the leaders in your life. When I read that verse, I had to stop for a moment and think about my life. Whether it's a teacher that your kids have, or a principal, or our president, or a governor, or a pastor, or a local official, whatever that leader is in your life, how do you relate to them? Is your first inkling when they do something wrong to criticize or gossip? Or say, if I were in their position, I would do this. When's the last time that we said, you know what? Even when they do things I disagree with, I'm going to pray for them. I want to see them through God's vision. I want to see them the way God sees them. And that's what Paul says to Timothy. No matter if you like the leader or not, we ought to pray for them because we follow Jesus. But he says in this verse, not just to pray for leaders, to pray for everyone. And the way that we ought to pray for everyone is we are to intercede for them. Another word for intercession is this word petition. That we are to go to God on behalf of others. Andreas Kostenberger, he's a theologian, he puts it this way when it comes to intercession. He said, it's the issuing of earnest, urgent, and bold appeals for divine action on behalf of others. So last week, Jesus said, when you pray for yourself, pray this way, urgently and boldly, and continue to go to the throne of grace. But we don't just do that for ourselves, we do that for others. And one of the ways that we want to do that as a church over these 21 days is to allow our elders a chance to pray for you. The Bible says in James that the elders ought to pray over you, especially if you're going through something hard in your life. And it is our pleasure to take uh, March 13th at 8 a.m., just a couple of hours. If you show up, you can come unannounced. Show up with your needs and concerns, and it's our uh, pleasure as the elders to pray for you. Yeah, so, so don't miss out on that. It's just next Saturday, and like Eric said, you don't have to register. Just show up and come and be prayed for, and uh, that's what we want to do. That's interceding. We want to intercede on your behalf. But before we talk more about how we can specifically intercede and pray on behalf of others, I want to point out an incredible truth found in the book of Romans, chapter 8. This is what it says. It says, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Eric just read that verse about interceding for others. Usually when I think about prayer, I think about me or us praying to God and perhaps for others, but this verse tells us that Jesus, the one who lived and gave up his life for us and then ascended into heaven, is now seated next to the Father and Jesus is praying for you and for me. What an incredible truth. And Jesus knows everything about us. He knows our struggles. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our joys. He knows our hopes. He knows our, the desires of our heart. 
And this verse tells us that Jesus, knowing those things, is bringing those things before God the Father on our behalf. That should build our faith. That should make us feel loved and cared for like no other. And so we, we have to remember this and, and to remember that Jesus is pleading for us. But what is he pleading for us? Yes, he's bringing all those needs, all those concerns. But there's something that I think rises above the surface and we see it in Paul's teaching. You know, Paul, he prays for his churches that he's connected with or mentoring or helping plant. And yes, he knows the needs of those people. But the most important thing, you read any prayer from Paul, he's concerned that they would look like Jesus. Just like Jesus is praying to the Father on our behalf, so too is Paul praying for the church and us now, and we get to do that for others. One of my favorite prayers in all of Scripture is Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Here's what Paul prays for the church in Philippi that he helps start. He says, guys, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand, here's what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in you, in your life, excuse me, by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Again, Paul probably in other correspondence says, hey, Sally, I know about your dad. I'm praying for him. And hey, John, I know about what's going on in your health problems. I'm praying for that. And all of that's important. But what's most important is that Paul is concerned that we become more and more like Jesus. How do we become more and more like Jesus? Well, we love God and love people, period. And we see this in this prayer. He's saying, look, when people interact with you, they should be able to sense your love overflowing out of your life. That you should be growing in your knowledge and understanding of Jesus. Why? So that when you are worrying and you're fearing, you are overwhelmed with the knowledge of Christ that it pushes it out. That when you can be tempted in your life to do something that you shouldn't because you know it's going to grieve God's heart and it's going to wreck relationships in your life, stay pure and blameless. He will help you do that. And when you look at your life, that you'd be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, love, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. That's what I want to see in all of our lives. And that's what Paul is concerned about. Our character, that we love God and love people. So what I want to do for just a few moments is I just want to pause in this service. I want you to think about someone in your life. Could be a spouse, a child, a grandchild, a friend, a coworker. I would ask you to do it for me. <laughs> Pray for somebody. We're going to leave this passage up here. Pray through parts of this passage for those in your life that you want to see them grow closer to God and love people more. So just take a few moments to do that. Lord, I join the many gathered here today who are praying for a child, a spouse, a friend, another person at the chapel. Lord, what's so powerful is you're praying these things in our lives as well. All we're doing is joining you in praying that we would love you and love people more. Help us to do that more and more in other people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
I know a mom who loves his son so very much, and yet when his son was about 19 or 20 years old, his son moved away from them and went to actually another country. But not only did he move physically away from his family, but spiritually he moved away from Jesus. He, wa- he followed Jesus for most of his life, and then at that point he kind of turned his back on Christ. And a mom, and even a dad's heart, you know how much that grieves you. Well, his mom, of course, wanted him to change, and yet she couldn't just fly over to countries all the time and try to change him. And so what did she do? She prayed. She petitioned. She interceded. She went after the throne of grace on behalf of her son. And wouldn't you know it, years go by, and her son realizes this emptiness, this longing that he's trying to fulfill, find fulfillment in everything else but Jesus. And he realizes who Jesus is, he comes back to Jesus, he gets baptized, and now he is a prominent leader in the church that he serves at. That's what prayer can accomplish when we intercede on behalf of others. And I think about all the people that have been baptized today, young and old, and I wonder who have been the people that, that have been praying for them, praying that they would come to faith, praying that they would take their next steps in their faith, of grandmas and moms and dads and youth leaders praying faithfully on behalf of others. And here's the amazing thing. There's some people in this room right now, and others have been praying for you. In fact, just this past week, our staff gathered, and and we prayed specifically for the people that would attend these services. And we prayed that if there was anybody here that they've given their life to Jesus, but maybe they've never gone public with that. They've never taken this step that Jesus really commands us to, to identify with him. Jesus said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And maybe there's someone here that, as they've watched the the stories and you've seen other people take the lead, you've come to a place in your life where you're like, I need this too. I've I've never been baptized. And even though you came this morning not planning for that, we want you to know that we plan for that, <laughs> that we prepared for you. In fact, we have leaders and volunteers in the back right now. We have extra shirts and, and shorts in all sizes and towels. And, and in just a few moments, I'm going to pray for us, and our worship team is going to lead us in song. And I just want to challenge you. Jesus did not hold back one bit to love you. He gave his whole life. So what a small thing it is for us to publicly say, because of what he's done for me, I want to do this for him. I want to tell others I believe in Jesus and I'm following him for the rest of my days. And so when the worship team begins to play, if you feel like God's pulling at your heart to be baptized today, you just simply get up out of your seat Pastor Eric will meet you at the back by the exit sign out in the atrium. We'll walk you back, talk with somebody, get you ready, and you can be out here in just a few moments taking your next steps of faith. All right? If God's calling you, don't be afraid. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you, Jesus, for the lives of these individuals that have already taken this step across all three campuses, young and old, proclaiming that they've chosen to give their life to you and follow you. And Lord, there may be some people here today that this is it. They need to go. They need to 
follow you. They need to take this step of faith. And so, God, I pray that you'd give them a holy courage, no matter what fears they may have, no matter where they've been. God, would you bring them to yourself and would you help them to take that step right now? We lift them up to you as a church body that you would move in this time. And Jesus, would you receive our worship and our praise right now as we sing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up. If you are ready to be baptized, you just head on back. Let's worship together. Oh, 